this episode. One of our fabulous partners based in Germany. I'm a Spanish scientist and storytelling trainer. <laughs> Stuttgart based Spanish scientific storyteller. Land the man on the moon and back and bring him back safely. Eventually she becomes the head of the, of the software um, part of the project. So when you ask for two things at once, it just, it just crashes. Guess what happens one month later in the Apollo 8? Houston, we have a problem. Welcome to Anecdotally Speaking, a podcast to help you build your business story repertoire. Hi, everybody. I'm Sean Callahan, And hi, everybody. I'm Mark Shank. And welcome to the first episode of Anecdotally Speaking for 2023. So kicking off the new year. And so uh, hope everybody had a fabulous festive season. Uh, for some of you, it's probably still, still going on. Um, of course, in Australia, summer holidays and, uh, you know, beach barbecue, uh, prawns on the barbie, that sort of thing. Um, so I don't think anyone has a prawn on the barbie, surely. I mean, that's that's a, a myth, a myth that's been built up in Australia somehow. Yeah, I remember years <laughs> back in the 90s uh, when just a few years after Paul Hogan had done that ad, you know, put another prawn on the barbie, you know, come to Australia type of thing. I was living in the UK and I went to a barbecue and there were prawns and the host said, Mark, you're Australian, why don't you barbecue the prawns? And I absolutely <laughs> cremated them. They were inedible. Yeah. <laughs> uh. Well, we better get to our special guest, though. We have a guest today, Mark. We do. Introductions, we do. please. Yeah, so uh, in uh, episode number 170, just before Christmas, okay. um, I did say this uh, at the time. We got that story from one of our fabulous partners based in Germany, a lady called Maria Marenko, who uh, I had the pleasure of spending a lot of time with in 2022, uh, doing her accreditation. And so she's now a fully-fledged member of the Anecdote partner network and maria is our special guest joining us on the podcast to kick off 2023 welcome to anecdotally speaking maria marenko hey welcome hi. great to see you hi guys fantastic. thank you so much glad you could come <laughs> along and tell us a story so yeah. I guess first of all where, whereabouts just tell the listeners a little bit about yourself a little bit about myself. Well, lately I I wrote myself. Yesterday, I changed my my title in in LinkedIn because I'm always wondering who I am. And yesterday <laughs> I started writing, and for me um, it was a a cool title. I'm a Spanish scientist and storytelling training. There's a combination, <laughs> right? Okay. Yeah, yes. all the S's there. <laughs> Spanish science and storytelling, but in Germany, right? So, but in Germany, yeah, yeah, yeah just to throw another flavor into the into the mix. And whereabouts in yeah. Germany? In in Stuttgart. Oh, another Hello. S. Oh, here we go. <laughs> Stuttgart-based Spanish scientific storyteller. <laughs> Sounds good. That's why I am. <clears throat> well, science science storytelling, as Mark will tell you, is certainly one of my favourite topics. And um, so I always love a good science story. Um, so you're going to be, you make Sean really happy if you do have a science story yeah. for us today. Yeah, so no, I got my fingers crossed there. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I, I do have a science story. Oh. Ah, 
Thank you. Thank you. I think you're going to like, yeah. Okay. It's, um, it's a story about Margaret Hamilton. She is a mathemati mathematician in um, studies in MIT and, and works there as well. We're talking uh, 1960s. And if you remember in 1961, the president of the United States, um, John Kennedy, makes an announcement. She, he promises the land to land the man on the moon and back and bring him back safely before the end of the decade. Mm. So there's a lot of stake, right? And he assigns the NASA to do this, but NASA was founded in 1958. So they are three years old. They're really, really young and they can't do it alone. So what do they do? They call MIT and they join forces with them. And Margaret sees an, uh, an uh, advertising in the, uh, in the newspaper one day because uh, MIT is recruiting people to work on this project, project called Apollo. So she applies and she's very happy to get an, uh, a job there. Eventually she becomes the head of the, of the software um, part of the project because she had been exposed to what's the beginning of software. So at that time, she's one of the first ones who uses the, the term software engineering ah, or computer really? science. Huh. Yes, yes. Wow. So before that, it was it was not an engineering. In fact, engineers were very interested in hardware and they kind of looked down to software. They're like, well, hardware. That's you know? right. It's not real, is it? <laughs> it's not real science, but okay, you can do it, Margaret. Um, and when anyways, she she's in charge of the software of this computer. Now, basically, a computer has to get it, inside the rocket that goes to the moon. And it's not one of the computers that we have in mind right now. It's they're huge things and they had to do it as small as possible so that it can get into the rocket. There's a lot of work, a lot to do and a lot of pressure of time as well, you know. And um, Laura, sorry, Hamilton is in her thirties at this time. So she has a daughter, Lauren, and Lauren is, is 10 when she, her mother has to spend a lot of time um, over time and on the weekends in, in the office. So Lauren goes every now and then with her. And in 1968, something happens, something is interesting. Um, Margaret comes with Lauren to the office and what child doesn't like to be in front of a control panel uh, full with cables and buttons and, and lights, you know, um, everything is very interesting. So Lauren start playing um, astronaut. So she pressed the button to take home, to take uh, off, you know, the simulation takes off and she gains altitude. It's like a video game for her, no? Right. And then she presses something um, and something happens and the system crashes. So her mother comes and says, like, okay, what, what did you do? What did you press? And they figure out that they pre she pressed the button that is only supposed to be pressed while takeoff. And you have to imagine that this computer has very little capacity. So when you ask for two things at once, it just, it just crashes. And it was a simulation, so nothing happened. Nobody was hurt. But Margaret kept thinking, and she was like, well, 
you know, this can actually happen while the rocket is underway. Mm. Something can, someone can inadvertently give, uh, press this button or whatever button that has a lot of um, resources, needs a, little, a lot of resources. So we have to change the software and give a set of priorities so that the computer can focus on the most important thing and, and forget all the rest of the data. So in the next day, they have a meeting, MIT and NASA, and she puts, she, she talks about this issue. And, you know, but these guys are like, they're like in a rush and they go like, you know, Margaret, it's, it's one thing that Lauren, your 10 year old, presses this button by mistake. Another thing is our astronauts, you know, our astronauts are very well trained and this is not going to happen. Right. And besides, we, we have no time. <laughs> no, we assume away the problem. <laughs> exactly. Like, you know, don't worry, this will not happen. So she's disappointed and she, she just leaves the room um, powerless. Guess what happens one month later in the Apollo 8? Exactly this. So on real air, the Apollo 8 takes off and one of the astronauts inadvertently presses the takeoff button and they can <laughs> the react on button. time. The same button. They can react on time, nobody dies. And fortunately they can land back on earth, but they had to abort the mission, their mission. One hour later, Hamilton gets a call. Okay, you can change the software now. Yeah, that's right. Can you update that software, please? <laughs> yeah, we, 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 we know about, what you talked about. Yeah, how about <laughs> prioritization? Let's have some of that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and in fact, this set of priorities ended up being very useful later on because you know, the computer is very limited. It's, maybe it had the memory of a thousandth of what we have in the cell phone right now, right? Um, and if you remember later on in Apollo 11, when the, um, when the rocket is about to land on the moon, they had a problem. This famous Houston, we have a problem, yeah? Mm. Well, this was a code that the astronauts saw. It was code 1202. And Hamilton was in the office at that time looking at it live. And, but she saw that the software was doing exactly what, what it was supposed to be doing. There was a malfunction of a hardware and it was keeping signaling um, the system that this information, but the software was doing the right thing and it was ignoring it and focusing on landing. So they could land safely and, and it saved, you know, a lot of, a lot of mistakes and failures and, and crashes, basically, yeah? Yeah, and lives. And lives, yeah. Yeah. Oh, wow. Oh, that's fantastic. Well, there you go. Margaret Hamilton, well done. Well done, you. Yeah, yeah. I mean, now I want to know more about her and what she did later in life. And um, It's interesting. Yeah. Yeah, because she kind of uh, wasn't didn't get the recognition. You know, the astronauts get the recognition. Yeah. Uh, but then many years later, in 2016, she got um, a recognition by Barack Obama. Oh, did she? Oh, oh good wow. That's great. I think she was kind of waiting on the phone like, nobody calls me here. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> well, imagine she must have been about 80 or 90 or something like that by the time yeah. she got the phone call. But, uh, well, you know, if you hang around long enough. That's great. <laughs> uh, well, maybe somebody's going to make a movie because you know they made they made a movie about the the um, 
the the hidden the, figures. The, the cobalt hidden figures. Yeah, hidden, that's, hidden right. figures. That's, yeah. that's the one. That was a good, great movie. Yeah, about the um, about the the, the African American um, mathematicians that were called computers that were doing the trajectory calculations. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, Mm-hmm. Okay, the that's Dorothy Vaughan. Yes, yes, yes that's so. Him. Okay, great, great story. I love it. Love a scientific story. Um, well, let's let's talk about the things in that story that we love. I mean, for you, Maria, what what elements in that story do you like to tell? I loved the part with the daughter with Lorraine. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's a, a nice little I, image, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's that, yeah, that's, that's and out. that's right. I could picture the little girl standing in front of all the equipment, uh, you know, pressing buttons and having having fun. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Was was the little girl actually running the simulation? Is that what she was doing uh, with that, or was she just mucking around and pressing things randomly? I guess she she was running the simulation not right. on her own. No. But I, I I think they had to run a lot of simulations, right? Yeah, so right. one, one well, of the, that those times sense, he was there. Mm, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I love that. Actually, the other bit I love was the the right at the end. In fact, I got tingles up my spine when you did the, you know, Houston, we have a problem and linked it to the software actually solving the problem. Uh, I remember someone telling me ages ago, it might have been uh, Stephen Denning, actually, that, you know, you can have a negative story, but people will pay a lot of attention to a negative story, but they don't know what to do. They need a, a positive story behind it to sort of go, okay, don't do that, but do this. And that's sort of the structure of that that story. It was kind of like two little stories put together. Um, yeah. So I thought that was that was really nice. I love that. I love that. Interesting, um, yeah. Mm. What about you, Mark? What did you like about that story? Yeah, I mean, I really like that 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 tying it together. Yeah. Um, also, when Maria uh, described uh, NASA was really young, you know, it's nineteen fifty-eight. That's mm. a super important part of that story, and, and I was, it is. And, I, and I was like, oh yeah, yeah, you don't want a three-year-old playing with a moonshot. Ten-year-olds um, <laughs> are okay. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Um, so, and and also. The, the imagery of I can, I can still see Kennedy standing there saying ah, you know, right the, the, before the end of the decade we're going to send a man to the moon and uh, bring them safely back to earth um so that I think that's a really good uh, uh, effective yeah an important part of that story as well so I really like that mm. you know the image of the the massive computers in the room was something that brought back memories for me because you know early in my career I started off in the technology world and and I remember going to see uh, foreign affairs in, which is you know the Department of Foreign Affairs in Canberra, and going down to their basement, and the basement was as big as uh, you know, it was the same footprint as the whole building, so it was massive, and as far as you could see, it was just just what, computer after computer. It was just essentially one computer. Um, so yeah, it's a little different um, these days, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, and. When I started my uh, my first degree in 1979, it was I didn't finish this degree. That uh, was uh, to do uh, uh, computer programming, computer science, um, and 
the uh, the Air Force sent me to the Darling Downs Institute of Advanced Education in South Queensland, and they and that's because they had the most powerful mini computer in the Southern Hemisphere. A Is HP, that right? HP three thousand, I think it was, and it it, okay. it was it was like. Much, much like you described, Sean, like it was massive. It was, yeah. and and it, you know, like it, it's got the same processing capacity as a pencil, um, compared yes, to what we've got today. A very sharp pencil. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so tell me though, what what do you reckon? Uh, thinking about that story, what do we think could make it an even better story? Like, is there elements of that story? that we would change or amplify or modify in any way. I know, Maria, so now you've told it, you know, it just, you probably have told it a couple of times, have you? And is there is there something that as you tell it, you start to discover about this story that you think, oh, I could change it here or yeah. there? It changed a lot, honestly, from the beginning to the end because, you know, I've, I've learned from you guys to, this, and then because of this, this happened, and because of this, this happened. So I had to figure how old was NASA at that time? Why did they go to MIT and so on? You know, like <laughs> right, it really right, changed a lot. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. Just pulling out some of those facts really helped, don't they? Um, yeah, and it's a, it's a good lesson for anybody who's listening is that sometimes you need to put your journalist hat on and go and find this stuff out to really right. flesh the story out. Mm. Yeah. yeah, that's yeah, so yeah. true. That's so true. Like when when was uh, Lauren born? This was another thing that I googled. Like how old was she? Because it, it, it's written. This story is written in in several places, but you never know many of the things. Like how old is she? Because it's not the same when it's a three year old in front of this huge computer. Nobody's gonna leave her alone. But a ten year old, yeah, she can press some buttons. <laughs> I think the heart of this story, though, is the mother and child story, right? Here's a mother who's a, a you know genius uh, mathematician under a lot of pressure to work long hours to do this really big job, but she's still you know she's got a daughter that she's looking after and she she doesn't want to be separated from her daughter and and I think there's you know there's something that's very uh, innate and and strong you know just around that mother and daughter connection and I wonder whether that could just be drawn out a little bit more in the story yeah. because I think that's where the emotion comes at one point of the story anyway because I think you get a yeah. different emotion at the end um so that was something I was thinking about as, as I was listening to that that's a good um, point yeah 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 I like that yeah because uh you know the, the, the whole thing about impact and anything to do with kids humans are really attuned to so um yeah yeah, the other thing too is I was wondering the relationship between, uh, you know, her colleagues who saw those astronauts as well trained and 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 almost looking down their nose a little bit at potentially her, but also the fact that oh, your daughter, she's just mucking around. Now hierarchy, it would have been pretty full on back in those days, right? Um, and just because yeah. I think that's, we'll talk about it later, but I think that's one of the big business points to be drawn out of this. Oh, absolutely. So, you know what I mean? So f for me, yeah, zo zooming in on what happened, you know, like is even painting a better picture of that meeting and yeah. amplifying the effect. Now, you said she was disappointed but but powerless, but, 
I think that there's potential for that to be explored a little bit more. You know, what happened in that room and and kind of, you know, you know, I don't know, did she walk out and slam the door or, or yeah. Yeah, what what happened? Some poetic license. Well, maybe. <laughs> there, there's, there might be enough written on this to get some insight into, uh, yeah. into that, that because that that's a, a big turning point. Yeah, that's right. She might yeah. have had some reflection on that. Yeah. I did like also, Maria, that only one hour after Apollo 8, um, uh, she Landed, got the call right? saying, hey, you know that thing? <laughs> that's right. We, we need, need to talk. That, yes. We need <laughs> to talk. Yeah, we need to talk. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, business points. Let's 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 see what we can come up with in, in terms of business points. Mark, you're the business point king. Why don't you kick off? Where's what's the big one for you? Persistence. So so, if you've got you know if you know you're right, stick to your guns. Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Keep throwing up the idea. Yeah. And it's uh, there's the the thing about um, the voice in the wilderness um, might actually, you know, like might actually be the one that the lone voice might be the one that sees the oncoming train and everyone else is going, no, 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 it's all fine. It's all fine. So um, uh, being, you know, don't be discouraged by the fact that you're the only one who sees something. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it kind of reminds me of our, our colleague Mike Mike Adams often says that, you know, knowledge can come from any source. Any person, it doesn't matter who you are, where you are in the organisation, you know, that vital knowledge, in this case, being supplied by a 10-year-old who's playing astronauts with the simulation, um, is, is, is discovered something, right? And probably because of that, she's not taken, it's not taken seriously. It would be so. It would have been interesting. An alternative narrative, right? Would be to sort of would it be something like um, we we did the uh, analysis of of the simulation, and one of our top mathematicians uh, calculated that if you press this button here, this will actually cause a problem in the um, you know in in the systems you know malfunctioning. Now, if that was the source of the of the problem. Well then, uh, maybe they probably go. Well, the math says that that's a problem. Let's go with it. You know what I mean? It's like because it was discovered by a little girl. You know, they pro- that probably didn't work in their advantage in some way. Yeah, so easy to dismiss. Oh, that's yeah. a ten-year-old. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Our astronauts are experts. <laughs> Come on, right. they would never do that. That's a that's yeah. They would make a rookie error. Oh, hang on. Yeah. Whoops. <laughs> oh, yes, they did. So, yeah. What What yeah. about for you, Maria? Is there a um, a business point you you can imagine yourself applying this story to? Well, I guess this this old make it stupid safe. <laughs> right. You're right. Nice. Make it stupid safe. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. Yeah, because because you never know, and and we underestimate or overestimate people. Um, but yeah, we yeah. we have to talk about safety. I wonder if they have that prioritization concept in software these days. I wonder if that's something that's still sure they do. Uh, yeah, it must do, right? Especially with you know operating big hardware type devices and yeah, it must, yeah. They, must, they must have something like that. 
Yeah. Yeah. And and the whole you know risk management thing, likelihood versus consequence. And uh, yes, yeah, so it's a very unlikely thing because our astronauts are really tra- are highly trained. But of course, the consequence is that uh, you know, everyone dies. Eh, eh, eh. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. That's, that's kind of and and you know the whole space program potentially fails, and we don't get a man to the moon and back safely. So yeah, that's kind yeah. of a big. That's a big downer. That's a big consequence. Yeah. And, and and honestly, to their credit, right? They were running out of time. They were running out of uh, resources. And I, I, we get that in so many times in business, right? Like, yeah. hey, we don't have time here to add these lines of code. We don't have time to do a more uh, an additional validation. We don't have time, you know? What and is that? That's thing? another great business point you could use that story for, yeah. is that when you're under pressure um, and you've know, got limited time and resources, um, yeah, you can make some bad decisions um, and and make assumptions that just don't that you would never make if you had uh, uh, enough resources. So you know, being aware of the th- decisions you make under pressure. Cool. Well, what do you think? Is there any other business points we want to flesh out here? Oh, I'm, 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 I'm. I'd love to keep going. I, I reckon there's a, a a heap of business points you can get from this. Can't oh, think yeah. of any at the moment, though. But That's I'm, okay. I'm kind well, of, I'm kind of interested if if Maria has any others. <laughs> no, I think uh, for me it was it was yeah this make it stupid safe um, the, the first thing that called and and the one that I would that I would use yeah yeah that's good. Well, that means it's time, very importantly, to put a number on this, to get a rating. Now, that was Maria's story, so I'm going to throw it to Mark. It's the first rater of this story. All right. Okay. Um, well, I'm, 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 I'm really going to, to focus on the fact that this is a, one of Sean's favourite genres, like the science story. Well, um, and give it a low score. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> yeah, it's a four. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, I, look, I, I, I really like this uh, a, a, a story of great consequence, and I'm going to put it in my story bank. Uh, I'm kind of surprised that I've never come across that, that, that story before. So I'm giving this one an eight. An eight. Yeah, I'm going an eight too. To me, it's a, it's a rock-solid story. I love it. Maria, what do you reckon? What are you going to give your own story? I'm going to give it. I'm going to give it a ten. Go you! You're going for it. No, okay. no. You know that might uh, be the first ten we've ever had, by the way. Exactly. But that's great. Yeah, that's fine. Stick by it. No, I, I think well, I, I stick to the ten just because uh, the the average will go up because um, yeah. The, the podcast that I that I've uh, listened to you so far, it's always always between a seven and an eight. I think Rob used the nine one time, but <laughs> yeah, we get nines very rarely. Never had a ten, so that's fantastic. Love it. Yeah. And I guess for, for like it's a great story to start twenty twenty three. And so if you've got an idea, and you think your idea is important, and you think your idea can make a difference then make 2023 the year of your idea and 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 you know persist yeah 
That's yeah. Great. It's it's very interesting because I was uh, going back and forth with this story with a friend of mine, Sarah, and and she reckoned that point, that business point from the beginning, and I didn't see it. Like persist, persist with something that you think it's important. Right. But, right. Said, but, but Margaret didn't do that, so we we kept back and forth <laughs> discussing <Yeah>. about. <laughs> yep. Yep, that's good. Well, that's a great thing. That's I think that's one of the most important things you can do with your stories is tell others and talk about them, which, of course, right. is what this podcast is all about. Well, guys, I think that's time to wrap things up. So, yeah, thanks again for listening to Anecdotally Speaking. And, of course, tune in next week for another episode on how to put your stories to work. Bye for now, and thanks again, Maria. Thank you. Anecdotally speaking, was engineered by Dave Stokes from author to audio.